Welcome to What Should I Watch, a podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host, T, and every week I help a guest with what to watch next. If you have any comments or just want to say hi, please feel free to send me an email to whatshouldiwatchT at gmail.com. Welcome! Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, T, and I am joined by my guest, bi-weekly guest, Grant, here. Hi, Grant. Hello, how are you? Do you like that? Just feel like doing a little more formal introduction today. Uh, I'm a bi-weekly guest, yes. Yeah. You should also mention my extensive background <laughs> and introduce me as an expert As a composer? Witness. Whatever. Doesn't of matter. all the tracks that you listen to on my podcast? <laughs> as an expert uh, Korean show watcher. I always feel a little like awkward, weird when I start the podcast. So I've been listening to a lot of professional podcasts and trying to get some idea how I can start off right. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And I also noticed when I was listening to those professional ones, like, you know, it's, it's different. It's professional, right? But... I like to think that mine's more personable. It's more like a conversation. Yeah. Without the uh, necessary necessities or the, without the professionalism. You know, it's the... like the you can go to store and buy a really nice sweater, or your mom can make you a sweater. Maybe it's not as perfect, <laughs> but there's a personal touch to it. You know, right? Yeah, that's true. I like it. So, if you want to continue listening to this fun cute podcast please subscribe i'm not asking for any money i've got plenty of those no i'm not kidding i am kidding (laughs) um yeah no money just please subscribe and you know just think of it as a way to pay for this cultural benefit learning about korea korean dramas and it only takes you to hit one button on your phone or a computer or tablet right yeah, that's that's not too much to ask, right? Yeah. Get us a subscribe and a like and or a comment. And that helps us. And uh, that's all they have to do to Keep pay going. for... Yeah. yeah, to pay for listening to something that hopefully that they enjoy. So we have a lot to talk about today. I know from the start that it's not going to be under an hour. Okay, you're but- positive? Yes. What if I just don't say anything? <laughs> Do you think then it'll be under an hour? I kind of rehearsed myself, like look through my notes, and I, I still don't think it's going to be under an hour, even if I silence <laughs> you all the way. Okay, gotcha. But I do want to mention something from the last week's podcast. You know, when we talked about a fight for my way, the guy was trying to be MMA fighter. Yeah. I remember my question, like, can you bite during MMA fight? Yeah, yeah. You know what happened? So a couple of days, no, a couple of days ago, there was a, this police incident. Mm-hmm. So the police was just canvassing the around, and there was a homeless guy bit off police officer's finger. He bit off his finger. Like literally, the finger, like wow. part of the finger, was broken. And in the news, they blurred out, but I could still see like chopped finger in a like plastic bag and Ziploc. Wow. And then, so I thought about 
So yeah, on the streets, it's legal. I guess that's what I was thinking. Like, is by the street law, it, you can <laughs> MMA. I'm still not sure. This week we're talking about a drama that's going to be a finale of the Dream Trilogy. Okay, so we're talking about the final chapter of the Dream Trilogy that we've been discussing. Yes, and I think this is the perfect one to um, to end on. Yeah. Well, don't forget to say the name of the show that you want to talk about. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. I'm putting that in my note, like title. So (laughs) remember to say the title. After you know, twenty episode, thirty episode, I'm getting better. So the title of this final dream trilogy drama is called Nabilera. 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 Yeah. Okay. I think that's fine. Nabilera. What does that mean? It's actually Italian, right? It sounds Italian, or it could be. Spanish. Spanish, nabiera. But it's actually a <laughs> pure Korean word. Oh. Nabilera. And it means uh, as if it's butterfly or like a butterfly, would be a butterfly. Oh. It's a very poetic uh, like a word. And it's not even like a, you can't define whether it's a noun, adjective, or it's from a, this, it's from a poem. That's written by a famous poet back in 1939. And you learn this poem when you're in like high school in Korea. And it's okay. a very, very famous poem. And you actually learn what this word means. And how when you learn about like how you can, you know, like conjugate or like change the prefix of right. a certain word with the poetic meaning and something like that. So you learn this word. And, you know, it's a... Is nabi the word for butterfly? Yeah. So this is Nabi, say it again, Nabilera. Nabilera. So it means not, if you were to say like the actual like grammatically correct way, Nabi Ilera, Nabi Ilera, Nabi Ilera, Nabi Ilera, like something like that. Okay. But it's like a poetic expression of could be a butterfly, would be a butterfly, as if it's a butterfly. Huh. Yeah. It's, It's a pretty word. Yeah. So that's the title of this drama. So what do you think this is, is going to be about? The transformation of one human <laughs> from a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. That's actually... Is that, the, uh, is that my... That's my guess. No, that's a good one. And I think there's some yeah, metaphor that you could use. Metamorphosis. Oh, that too. Yeah, right? metamorphosis. Yeah. But I was just saying, like, it could be a metaphor for this drama, too. Wow. So many double meanings here. Maybe that's why they picked the title. Um, <laughs> Are there any butterflies in the show? That's my first question. No, because I wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> You're not a fan of the butterflies. No, I don't like butterflies. Um, this was originally a webtoon, again. And it was so popular, they made it into musical theater in 2019. Which is kind of unusual, webtoon to musical theater. They do a lot of webtoon to drama or movie, right? But not musical, not musical theater. theater. Hmm. Although musical theater itself is really popular in Korea, it's a form of art. I didn't know that. Yeah, musical theater is really huge. Huh. Um, Koreans go crazy for it. Um, 
So it was 2019, it was musical theater in 2019, and in 2021, they made it into a TV show. Okay. And that's the one we are going to talk about. And I was actually in Korea when this aired in TV. When okay. It, when this aired in... Uh, Did you watch it? No, but I, like, when you I was, was flipping channel, like, yeah, I would see, like, some scenes. But, like, yeah, I didn't watch it. And partly because, you know, this would come on at, like, night. And I was living like backward, so I was living like U.S. time when I was in Korea because oh, I was working right. remotely, and I couldn't watch. Like that was a time I had to be up and like start work. So right. Just curious, is uh, are all of the shows in the trilogy that we picked the three, the three uh, shows about you know following your dreams um, that we've done the last few podcasts? Are mm-hmm. all, were all of them webtoons? Uh. Except the first one, that was okay. just um, um that, that wasn't just, a just that a wasn't a webtoon. Okay, yeah. it's amazing to me how many. No, actually, you know what? Um, the Five for My Way wasn't a webtoon either. It wasn't. No, okay. yeah. Never mind then. Just curious. Yeah. No, but there are a lot of Korean TV shows or movies that come from webtoon. And I think this one, it wasn't like huge success, as for like uh, viewership ratings and stuff. Did people watch it? People watched it, yeah. But it wasn't like, you know, something like wasn't the most popular. It wasn't like thirty percent rating, like the whole country watched it or no, okay. nothing like that. But people who did watch it became like it's it's kind of like the cult okay. drama now. So they were kind of fanatic about yeah, it. Yeah, I think you have to see it to really get into this, and it's kind of like a slow burn. Kind of story in the beginning you kind of feel like okay i think i know what this is going to be about but it's not so you have to really watch it and put yourself into the thing and mm. it's really kind of like a like a warm fuzzy there's a little bit of sadness and all of that sentimental yeah and i think there weren't a lot of even now uh, a lot of dramas like this a lot of them are like very like poppy and hot you know like some kind of topic that instantly drags you in you know, yeah. something like that some special setting you know backdrop and so i think this is something that's like i said it um you have to watch it and really understand okay. to appreciate so it's not hit you over the head popular like you know believe it or not some shows have to try to make money right right <laughs> um why should i watch this show and that's, that's my question why that's what I'm going to tell you about. So once I read this story, I think you might get more interested. Okay. Shim Dokcha is a 70-year-old retired postman. At his age, people have seen and done it all. His friends get together at the funeral of a friend and don't even cry. They just share stories of their grandchildren and cataract surgery. He visits a friend in a nursing home who talks about his childhood dream which was building a ship and freely sailing away. He tells Tokchul, It's not too late. Do what you have in your mind when your legs are so strong and your mind is clear. Born during the Korean War, Tokchul spent his youth as his father wanted him to. And after marrying his wife, he worked day and night for the family of five. But what he really wanted to do was ballet. In fact, 
On his way to the nursing home, he stumbles upon a ballet studio. He sees a young dancer, Chero, and his heart starts beating fast. While he tells himself that it makes no sense to start ballet at the age of 70, he receives bad news that his friend at the nursing home has passed. After reading the friend's will, he decides to learn ballet and visits the studio where he saw Chero. Chero, who looked shiny to doctor, is actually suffering from an injury and going through a slump. His mother died and his father, a high school football coach, has been in prison for a corporal punishment of players. Doctor tells Chedok's mentor and the studio owner Seungju that he wants to learn ballet there, but he is rejected. However, Doctor comes by every day and watches Chedok's practice and sometimes copies his movements. Being a little inspired by his persistence, Seungju comes up with an idea of making Chedok teach the old man. Chero gets angry, saying how he can teach ballet to a 70-year-old man, but he is not given an option to say no. In exchange, Doctor becomes Chero's manager to help him get out of a slump and become a great ballerino. Doctor passes the first test, which is to master a basic ballet pose that's actually pretty difficult. Chero gets surprised and a little moved so he starts to open up to this old man little by little. But the problem is Tokcher's family. He's been keeping things in secret, but his wife finds out, and soon so does the entire family. Everyone is against it, saying that it's shameful for a 70-year-old man to wear tights and dance something so feminine. However, the youngest son of 39, who was a heart surgeon, is not opposed to his father's challenge because he's on his own adventure. Recently, he quit the hospital and is planning to shoot a documentary about his patients. Doctor's only grandchild, the daughter of his first son, doesn't think her grandfather's unusual hobby is bad either. She's been a model student and always followed her father's guidance, but in her mid-twenties, she's realized that she doesn't have anything that she truly wants to do. So she quietly supports her grandfather, who has a passion for something. Not too long ago, Cherok gave up auditioning for the National Ballet Theater with an excuse to meet his father on his release day from the prison. He's half given up on his career as a dancer, but his mentor tells him to participate in a world ballet competition. With Tokcher's support and inspiration, he decides to give his all for the competition, since it could be his last chance considering the short career length of ballet dancers. He quits all of his part-time jobs and focuses only on practice. Dokchar does the same. He lives and breathes ballet. There are articles on the wall of his room about ballet that he has been scrapping. When he doesn't practice, he learns by watching ballet videos. And when he doesn't watch videos, he takes care of Chero. Dokchar always carries a small notebook and writes down everything he learns about ballet. At the back of the notebook, he logs Chero's practice progress and health. Dokchar makes remarkable progress, surprising both Chero and his mentor Seungju. One day, 
All three of them visit one ballet company's studio, and Dokchul gets to dance in front of the professional ballet dancers. It's only a few basic moves, but he's told that it's basically regarded as the debut. Cherok, who has come to admire Dokchul, wants to give him recognition as a bona fide dancer by attaching the old man's name tag on the locker in their ballet studio. When he goes to the locker room, he finds a notebook that the old man always carries on the floor, and he sees something shocking inside the notebook. Oh, tell me more. What was in the notebook? <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me cliffhanging like that. Okay, that sounds interesting. So we've got. Uh... Got an older man late in life deciding to take on his passion, huh? And we've got a younger man with some issues. Maybe he's drifting away from something that he wants. And I like the, uh, you know, that's a common theme. Uh, sometimes I guess it's not common, but it is a theme that I enjoy, which is uh, just the idea that this young guy is not willing to take on this person as a student or help him, you know, right. and then they, they learn about each other. And once they learn about each other, it becomes easier and they realize that they are, you know, better for each other possibly. Right. So my first one of the dream tr- trilogy was about a man in like forties. Right. right. And the second one was some, some guys in twenties. Younger. Yeah. Fight for their ways. Now the finale is somebody in seventies. Seventies, yeah. But would you even consider like, you know, when you talk about dream, achieving your dream, working for your dream, seventy? Seventy, yeah. I mean, if you want to keep living, I think it's important to remember it's never too late to right. You know, do something. Why not? And no, I think there's... when you're that old, you don't have anything to lose anymore. You know, <laughs> there's no pressure. There shouldn't be anymore. Yeah. If that's something that you're hung up on, if you feel right. the pressure, then, you know, by that time, you shouldn't feel the pressure. You've made it to 70 years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it happens to be also, the first one is kind of comedy. Right. right? So and it's the more second, lighthearted. Right. And the second one was kind of mixed up, like, comedy, and it's it has serious moments. And this one, there's, like, a hardly comedy. It's very, very serious. Huh. Do you like dancing? Like dancing, yeah, I love dan. I, I like dancing. Like that kind of dancing, like professional. So when I was a kid, I took all kinds of lessons yeah. and all kinds of everything. I mean, you name it. Like, and I wanted to learn ballet. And at the time, I was doing like I can't remember like five, six different things. And I wasn't the kind of kid like I wanted to do like everything. So my mom literally. You were or you weren't. I was. Okay. So my mom was like, I don't think you have time. You right. literally, it, the ballet lesson <laughs> literally doesn't fit in your schedule. And wow. I was only like, what, like uh, third grade, fourth grade or something like that. Oh my goodness. And it's because I wanted to do so much, right? right. And I told my mom, yeah, it's, uh, I want to go learn ballet. And she's like, no. And she's like, it literally doesn't fit in your schedule. You don't have time. So <laughs> I couldn't do ballet. So when I was 20, uh I went to this ballet studio, kind of like this old man did. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to learn as a hobby. Right. Like, it's something I do. Something fun. Right. They had, like, actually um, kind of fun beginner adult class. Nice. So I took a lesson. Cool. And what I was told is that the instructor, she was pretty well-known dancer, retired. Um, she was in Russia. She's Korean, but she was 
there. She, right. Um, and then she told me, I wish you had done this when you were a kid. You have, <laughs> you're really talented. <laughs> and I was so mad when I heard that. <laughs> I knew it. All those things I learned as a kid, like those, it didn't matter. I should have, I should have quit swimming earlier. I should have quit drawing earlier. I should have quit everything wow. earlier. I should have just done ballet. So all the other things that you wanted to learn, that was you. That wasn't your parents just no. saying, "Hey, you should uh, no. be a well-rounded Korean." So you my have to mom do all actually these didn't want me to do anything. She wanted to be a kid. Like she, right. her philosophy was like, "I just want you to like oh. you know." Spend your time doing whatever you want, but whatever I want was all going to all these lessons, all these like classes and stuff. I was very kind of overachiever kind of kid. So I guess the lesson for you is that when you turn seventy, <laughs> then you can take up ballet again. But yeah, so because of that, I still know a little bit. I I know how to do what to do. Like right. I know I you know I'm not. As flexible as those professional dancers, but right. yeah. I, so when I was watching this drama, you're thinking about that. I had understanding of like what it meant for this old man to do that. Right. Do they go into the mechanics of that? Is yes. that an important part of it? Okay. Sort of. Um, so the art of it, they're definitely exploring that. Yeah. Cool. And that's another amazing thing when you watch this because these actors. They have to do that work. They right? actually did the work. And. For the younger actor, he's you know he's an actor. He just got out of acting school. Maybe it would have been easier for him. But this actor to play the Tokcher character, he's actually born in 1945, just seven months before Korea gained independence from Japan. Mm. So he's literally from a whole different time period. Right. And he's a veteran actor. He's in like thousands of. Uh, shows and movies and and he so this was released in 2021 so he shot this when he was 76 doing wow. actual ballet techniques and, and he movements. was playing a 70 year old not a 76 year old <laughs> that's good he had to drop those six years interesting but I think casting him did everything for this drama right because this is not so much of I mean as much as story is kind of unusual it's not so much about the story it's the very detail like emotional detail in each scene the way this old man looks at the young dancer the way he like his face brightened up when you when he goes to see like a ballet theater all those little things and the way he talks to his kids his own kids and his communication like how is he's in general like all around really nice person he's the kind of grandpa you want to have and your neighbor grandpa that's so sweet and just very kind and giving and i think the yeah this actor park in one he's really just did 500 percent here oh that's great so uh the conflict what's the conflict basically the kid's family right so there are actually several different conflicts the biggest one is the kid yeah the young ballerino and his father in prison. Yeah, that's actually not a big conflict. Um, so turned out this kid was a football player mm-hmm. up until 19 years old. And he went the to... The actor sp- or the... No, <laughs> in the show. In the show, The okay. story. So his dad was high school football coach, meaning like soccer. Right. Just so you don't get confused. Real football, everyone. <laughs> and so he went to high school that his dad was a coach. 
and he played soccer. And his dad went to jail because he was beating up the kids oh. during their like, training. Wow. So he went to jail, he quit soccer, and he has some friends that he played soccer together. And they're all now doing their own thing. One became kind of local thug. One is just playing in a like weekend fun soccer club kind of thing. Right. He's shooting for like amateur league. That's his goal now. And Cherok, the main guy, he happens to see a ballet performance by his mentor, mm. who's supposed to be very phenomenal dancer. Dancer. And he was so fascinated by it, and he went to his teacher saying, I want to learn ballet at the age of 19. Mm. And the teacher's like, that's not possible. Like, 19-year-old, you don't start learning ballet. Right. But apparently this kid, he was a soccer player, so he's got the physical. He was an athlete, yeah. Right. So he has some athleticism, of course. And then he has natural talent of understanding music and rhythm and everything. So he became one and only first and last uh, pupil of this phenomenal ballerino. Okay. So that's his backstory. So, you know, it's only been like four years that he started doing ballet, and he was able to enter um, famed ballet acad- academy. Cool. But he's in the slump. Like, right. He's not sure of his future. So, how long has he been doing this now when we pick up the story? Like four or five years. Okay. So now maybe his. Uh... His career hasn't taken off necessarily. Right. He just w- was able to enter famous ballet school, but that's right. it. Like, you have to enter some kind of ballet theater right. or either win some kind of world competition or right. something, right? You can't just so go now, to school. Now yeah. what? Now what is exactly. he doing? Exactly. Right? So okay. he's not sure. And in fact, in the beginning of the show, one of his dancer friends just says, you know what? I'm just going to go enlist in military, like military duty. Like, he just quits. Yeah, he's like, you know, I'm just going to go, and then by the time I get out, most ballerinos retire anyway, so I'll see where my life goes after that, you know. So he's getting the pressure. He's like about 23, 24. So, you know, it's the same as athlete. You know, it's a short career. Right. You you don't do this until you're 50. Right, unless you're like Baryshnikov or something. (laughs) Or what's... What's his, the football guy, American football guy? Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who just recently retired for the second time. Is, is it for real now? I think he's 48, if I'm not uh, mistaken. 43? Really? Late 43 40s? 43 or 40, yeah. Well, and like LeBron James is in the playoffs right now. And oh, he's like yeah. 38 or right. 40 or something. So, yeah. I think nowadays, because, you know, nutrition, our life and, like and nutrition training, and yeah. athletes are... There's a lot more understanding of right. how to, you know, sustain that right. period. Even tennis players or uh, football players, I would say soccer players, football players, they have been sustaining the ones like Messi and Ronaldo. I mean, they're way up there, but they still had pretty decent careers. Like someone like uh, Nadal right. or Federer had a pretty long life. So that's definitely changed over the years. So... So I think it was smart for his teacher to put them together because he was thinking, I mean, the excuse is manager. Right. But really it's to keep an eye on this guy because he's going through a slump and the teacher knows he has really good potential. He just needs to 
pick up and really focus on something. Yes, he missed one audition for the National Ballet Theater, but you should try again next year or you should try to do something, but he's just, you know, mentally and he's also... inspiration. Exactly. So the teacher was like... Initially, the teacher didn't think much of this old man. Right. You know, I just teach him a little something. Instead, this old man can, you know, keep an eye on you. Right. That was really his idea. But also, what he didn't think was that when you teach somebody, you also learn. Right. That's such an important part. Right. Especially, you know, that's interesting. We've talked about the artist lately with the shows because of uh, it's someone following their dream. Sometimes it's it's about being an artist or, or whatever, right? Right. So the process of an artist going through this passionate period or maybe they're not as passionate and trying to keep that kind of feeling alive, you know? Right. And also the other important part, like you said, is the the mentorship. You know, every great artist had a you know, had a mentor that they were working with, a painter that, that taught them or, you know, um, someone that was always, you know, showing them new ways or trying to keep them inspired. And then at some point you take on a, a student with the same way. I wonder if that hits your career at a certain time as an artist where you find someone, oh, look, this kid's amazing. I can show him something, you know. Sure. And then that helps you get your your artistry going again. Yeah. So technically... In a nutshell, this is like a... You can say this is kind of like a bromance. A bromance, yeah. <laughs> of this old man and young kid. Okay. But it's not like happy, funny bromance. Right. Like It's a serious but sentimental, heartfelt... Exactly. And did you enjoy watching it? Very much. Mm. The conflict that we talked about there, then... Um, what's another sort of conflict that helps drive the story so for i would say first one third or quarter of the story the conflict is that he keeps this a secret so family doesn't know the 70 year old man yeah okay because i think it's uh you know largely has something to do with the korean sentiment that you know when you think of ballet it's you have to wear those tights right right and then you think, when you think about ballet, the first thing that comes to your mind is female, right? right? Women wearing those, you know, fancy, like, princess kind of like a dress-ish, nice thing. and A tutu. Right. Oh, you know a tutu. <laughs> You're yes, very I cultured. Do. So, you know, family is like, what? Doing what? You know? <laughs> also, they're they're worried about like health and getting injured and stuff like that. But yeah. Mostly they just feel shameful. Like okay. dad, that's just not acceptable. You can't do that. Except for the youngest son. He understands it. He's like, yeah, he's a heart surgeon, but he, he quit and he just walks around. Like he really just, he doesn't shave and he, I don't know if he takes shower, but he walks around in like Crocs <laughs> and there's a, something about Crocs, the way he always wears Crocs. Yeah. So apparently Crocs is the kind of like uniform, un, unofficial uniform of all the doctors and surgeons, yeah. especially. Yeah. So it's the Crocs that he was wearing when he killed his last patient. Oh, so okay. he's wearing it because he doesn't want to forget why he left the hospital. Right. So there's, yeah, a, a symbolic. Yeah. Okay. But the yeah, the youngest son is rooting for him. Like, yeah, I mean, you want to do it? Just do it. Why not? You know, that's kind of his right. attitude. And the grandchild, she's like, well, 
I mean, I don't know if it's good for him, but if he wants to do it, I'm not saying no, you know. Right. But all the other family, including the wife, they're against it. So I was thinking, like, if... Because there, there are some Korean dramas that were remade in Hollywood. Yeah. So if this was to be in Hollywood, I don't know if that kind of conflict would still work or if they have to take it out because American family wouldn't be against it. I don't know. What do you think? I think, I think yeah. No, I think that's a reasonable character. Um, and you've seen it in other dramas where one person of the family is kind of against the endeavor even though it seems like it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, so either for their health or for their safety, or you might have to create another reason why that family member, it wouldn't necessarily be because of the, like the dress. Right. Like what someone's wearing, but, but there might be something attached to it. You yeah. Know? I think too, why is he keeping it secret? You know, if it was an American drama, there might be something like, oh, you're with this young kid. Like, are you gay? Or you know, oh, may- maybe that would be the route yeah, they would take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see them kind of writing up a conflict there. I mean, that's definitely happened in, in certain dramas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's not like, I mean, uh, honestly, if this grandfather, how many kids does this grandfather have? Three kids. Yeah. If you have three kids, I doubt. In America, I doubt all three of them would be on board with, you know, their grandfather <laughs> taking up ballet at, at, at 70. There's bound to be one that would just be like, what's going on? I don't know. That's just my thought. I think also, you know, we, we were talking about conflict. What's great about this drama is that, you know, yes, this there's a young ballerino who's in swamp. And this old man, he has to overcome the family's opposition eventually you know it starts with the wife the wife understands and also because the wife understands his sacrifice all his life to support the family right so the wife okays him and later on the wife becomes really the biggest supporter right um but that's the conflict but also what's really good uh, well written in this drama is it really covers conflict and the dream of each generation pretty much all age yeah so first of all there's the 70 year old man who wants to learn ballet right the second one is his teacher the young ballerino who used to be a football player third one is doctor's youngest son who used to be a heart surgeon right he knows he can't just keep going on as a surgeon. He right. has to something. So he decides to shoot documentary about his patients because he really doesn't know, like, you know, who did I kill? What's their story? Who right. else did I give another life? You know, what's their story? That's based on the trauma that he experienced. Exactly. And then there's fourth character, which is the grandkid. So she's like mid-20, early 20 uh, girl. And she's like a model student, model everything. And now she's like, you know what? But I don't know what I actually like. Right. So she can't get a job. She doesn't want to get a job like that. Just at a you know big company. Just because it's a good job. She doesn't want to do that. And her parents are furious. Because my so-and-so friend's daughter got into Samsung. So-and-so's kid getting, right. got into LG. What are you doing? You're sitting around, you know? So it's her kind of soul-searching as a 20-something-year-old kid. 
And also, actually, her mom, who's a、um, daughter-in-law to Doctor, she's trying to find what she likes or what she used to like、mm. because she's been a mom after getting birth and raising this kid, and now she wants to go back to work. Right. So which, what do I do now? Which is kind of difficult in Korea when you don't have any work experience for like you know fifteen twenty years.、Um, but luckily she had, she's able to get a job. So she's trying to get back to that whole workforce, the working world. Right. So that's her、um, finding dream part. And there's a sixth character of all this dream search in every generation. I'm keep going down the list. So that's the son-in-law, which is the、uh, spouse of the second daughter. He wants to be a city councilman,、hmm. so he keeps running every chance he gets, but he never makes it. Nobody votes for him. But he's like a super positive guy, so he's like, "Well, there's always next." Right. He just keeps going, right? And at some point, he realizes, "Okay, I just can't keep spending my money like this." Right. And his complex is that he never went to college,、hmm. so he changed his dream as going to college. So he's trying to study like SAT, Korean SAT, and try to get into college. Okay. And then there are some sub characters like the young ballerina Cherok's friend, who, like earlier I said,、um, went to military and service. Yeah, he quit the ballerina to go、yeah. try a new path. Every Korean man has to go anyway. Another friend who's a goalie, and now his dream is just to at least get into like a minor league soccer team. But he always says like, you know, my ultimate goal is Barcelona. <laughs> That's like his <laughs> line. <laughs> um, and then there's another kid who's kind of like a local neighborhood thug, and he used to be in the same soccer team. And he he's a really good character because he's a bad kid, but then with this old man. Skyed, he kind of becomes a new person. He and he later on, like he tries again.、Mm. Like even though I'm 24, I, you know, I don't think I'm too late. So he's trying again to be a soccer player. Cool. So there are all these characters, you know, across the age groups. They're trying to find their dream, trying to work for their dream. Except the first son's character, that's a little different. So he talks, keeps talking about how he had to give up on his dream throughout his life because he was first son, and the family didn't have a lot of money. He always had to yield to his siblings, younger siblings, and that's his reason that he's super against the idea of this old man learning ballet because he's saying, you know, I had to give up everything I wanted because of money, because of our family, because of my siblings, and why do you have to be so selfish? Trying to learn ballet—it's just one thing that I'm asking you to give up. Well, he doesn't think it's fair, right? So he's kind of jealous. So, but there's a little, you know, story later on that I don't want to spoil right now. There's more to it. Yeah. So I think that's really good. It's not just this old man and the young character.、Right. So there are all these sub story, and that's really well crafted, like well sawn into the drama. So you have, you have three generations of Koreans that are breaking from social norms, right? You know, the expectation of what you're supposed to do as a Korean person. You know, go、right. to school, get a job, work, 
and that's it. Have a family, you know, and the process continues and continues. So nowadays with people, you know, questioning their existence and trying to figure out what they really want, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's cool to kind of craft a story that's going to represent each generation and realize that, hey, the only on this world, you know, you only have one chance. Why not explore as many ideas as possible? Do they touch on the fact that, I mean, the way that you're talking about these different characters, each trying different things, does it feel like, uh, does it make you think, oh, it's okay to kind of venture out and, and do some stuff, regardless of whether or not you fail in your attempt to achieve what it is you're trying to achieve? Uh, no, it's different because... You know, the first show, like, uh, I haven't done my best yet. Yeah. That's all about, like, okay, I'm going against the norm. I'm going to do this. Right. And, you know, it's a little unrealistic, which is probably why it didn't do too well yeah. in Korea. This one, you know, although it does show each generation, each each group character's struggle and their journey for their... Well, just the um, overall questioning life, right? Right. But it's sort of like a kind of flashing in between it's not like over the top like okay now let's look at this character and right. you know it's not like that so it's very like realistic uh reflection of what they do hmm. so it's not like you're watching this okay if this 39 year old surgeon can quit the job and do this maybe i should do this it's not like you know over the top like that yeah it's sort of gotcha. in and out of this main story right and through the dialogues and through you know what they do like you know little like actions do you get a sense that it's okay to try something like this by watching this show i can't answer that because okay. the show is um there's some twist to it right remember the shocking thing in the notebook yeah so that kind of takes you to a whole different world okay cool that's interesting so from this point on there's going to be a spoiler so if you are interested in watching this amazing show, which you should watch, um, you can either pause and come back after you finish the show, or... We're asking you to go away, but come back. So, spoiler from this point on. So I can't answer whether, like, okay, this drama makes me feel good, like, trying something new, or... Right. Yes, this man, old man, is seven year old try to do something new, try to work for his dream, but it's because he finds out that he has Alzheimer. Oh, okay. So he doesn't have a lot of time. So he's not going to know himself pretty soon. Right. And he realizes the consequences of that. So it's a little different. It's not just him trying something new. So he is diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but uh, how far along is he? Like, is he bad or is he just starting? Yeah, in the beginning of the show, he's not too bad. It's very early stage. So he looks completely fine. But doctor tells him that it's helpful to write down everything. Oh, so that's why he's carrying the notebook around? Yes, and that's also why he's writing down everything he learns, like literally every single thing. He like draws in the notebook the, you know, the shape of feet and what his hands are supposed to do and all those little things. And then also he writes down things about Chero, but also 
on the very first page of notebook, there is his information. So there's his picture, like ID picture, his mm-hmm. name, and then he wrote, "My name is Shim Doctor. I have an Alzheimer." Oh, he says it there. So he put that on his notebook on the very first page, and he has this little like, sack little crossbody bag, mm-hmm. and he always carries. It's actually kind of cute, like the way he always carries that bag, right? And the notebook. So it, just in case he, it gets bad and he gets lost, people can see that notebook. And there's a number too, so he, they can call the number and you know help him get back home or something. So he's preparing for the worst, right? And that's what the kid saw when he picked up. So then the he notebook. figured it out and realized, oh, yeah, he doesn't have much time, maybe. Right. So that notebook is actually a really important item in the show. Dementia is. Um, you know, it's the umbrella term for Alzheimer, whether it's all um, or different types of what do you call memory it? loss, right? Um, and dementia is a common, pretty common theme in Korean TV shows mm. or movies. Right. Um, whenever there's older character or talk about family, and I looked up some stats, and this is a you know. Uh, six-year-old stats by Korea government's Clinical Research Center for Dementia. And they surveyed the seniors in age group 60 to 69. And 43% of this age group picked dementia as the... The biggest fear of growing older? Yes. That's a lot. That's what they're scared of the most. Right. Even more so than cancer of any kind or any um, brain-related, you know, like hmm. uh, neurologic right. issues or diabetes, heart issue. I think diabetes and heart issues uh, not as common as in Korea as in America. Right. But yeah, 43% almost, you know. Almost half. Almost half of the older people pick dementia as their biggest fear. That tells you a lot like how common they come across somebody with dementia and i guess how scary that is or maybe uh what an impression it has on them right but here's here's an interesting fact so prevalence of dementia in the united states also is 13.9 percent and that's the research came out just last year by the alzheimer's association and Korea is 10.2%. Okay, so more people in America get dementia than in Korea? Right. But for some reason, you don't really see dementia-related stuff in American movies or TV shows. Uh, yeah, maybe. I know there's a movie, Still Ellis, with Julia Moore. I couldn't watch it yeah. because I feel like I, that was going to be too much for me. Yeah, I mean, there have been those things over the years, but uh, yeah, it doesn't seem, it's not a focused topic. Right. uh, It's not always the go-to. Right. It's usually like someone dying of cancer. Right. You know, is kind of a go-to character to put in. Yeah. Sometimes it's Alzheimer's and, and someone just kind of losing 
they don't usually go into it a lot, like deeply. I think. Right, and there's nothing like if there's a, you know, some neighbor like maybe there's a line that's like, oh, that the neighbor has Alzheimer or whatever. You know, it's never like a main character struggle or that's not the common. That's not the core. Yeah. Sh- um, struggle. I'd or, say it was rare. Yeah. yeah. There's obviously there's probably more shows about like people with addiction problems and right, stuff right. like that. You know. There's a movie called The Savages. Do you, do you know what this one yeah. is? Yeah. I have a DVD. I love the movie. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. The, and yeah, they go Laura. home to their, is it their mom or their dad? Dad, dad yeah, is in the home and. Yeah, I remember I'll that. Watch, I think now if I watch it again, like I'll have different understanding. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like dementia is not less common in the U.S., but yet you don't really think about it. And I don't think that would be the f- first thing that people would pick in America. I think more Americans are probably worried about heart issue or, you know, diabetic or something else. Maybe Americans aren't really worried about anything. <laughs> they just don't care. If you listen to uh, ads on, um, like, radio, there's a lot of information about bone loss. <laughs> so perhaps Americans fear bone loss. There seem to be quite a lot of drugs that help with bone loss. Although I don't think I've ever met anyone that's had bone loss. <laughs> Apparently it is something that they think about. So I asked you before why I should watch this, and I think I have a pretty good idea now. I did want to ask about the title again, because it referred to a butterfly in the poetic sense. So does it relate to the poem, or... What is the title? Like, how does that work? So the poem where the word Nabilera comes from is actually about, like, dance, but more like a um, Buddhist monk's dance, like oh. a ceremonial dance. Interesting. Very graceful. Oh, peaceful, serene. Yeah. Gotcha. Maybe it's a, a metaphor for how to live? Well, that too. But I was thinking... The tagline for this drama, or you can say like a one-liner yeah. in America, is everyone can soar at least once in their life. Everyone can soar? That's, That's sort great. of a one-liner of this drama. <laughs> That's nice. So I think it has, it's related to that, you know. So what would you say your favorite scene, if you could pick your favorite scene in the, in the, in the drama, what would it be? My favorite scene is actually related to the title. Um, you know, I was just talking about how the butterfly and dancers move graceful. And I, you know, when I watched this scene, I was like, that's exactly Navilera. Okay. Because the scene is at night and there's snow falling. And this old man gets out of the car. He's in the car with the first son mm. who's still, you know... He's, he's come down a little bit, but he still doesn't like the idea of right. dad dancing. And he gets out of the car, and there's a dim street light, dark, mm-hmm. um, and it's snow falling. And he gets out of the car. He sees Chero on the other side of the street. So he starts dance on the street, just like that. Nice. And, you know, it's very slow, graceful move. Right. And there's a you know, the snow falling, it's not heavy snow, just light snow at night, and there's a reflection of the street light. 
it's such a beautiful scene and that's definitely Nabilera. I mean, it's it's really hard to explain. You have to see it to feel... It's not like, you know, just because the tagline is like everyone can soar. It's not like soar like a butterfly. That's not where it comes from. Right. Um, but it's like, a, you know, that graceful, that also a little playful. Right. You know, when you think about butterfly flying, that's that's exactly how it is. It kind of bounces around. But also peaceful. People like butterfly, except they me. Do, except for you. <laughs> so yeah, you just have to see it. So with this setting, like this old man having dementia, Alzheimer, he knows things are going to end. Right. And this kid struggling, you know. It can be very cliche story. Probably like, you know, the man teaching old man and then right. you know, maybe have some bromance and great, you know. Something we've kind of seen about. before. Right. Yeah. But I think the the production was so well done. Right. You don't really feel it. And you see a lot of things that you thought that's how it was going to be. But you, yeah. that's not how it happens. That's good. So they really care. And for example, like, you know, you felt like maybe this young dancer and the old man's granddaughter is going to have some little like, you know, thing going on, but nothing ever happens. Right. And the music is amazing. I love the music. Oh, cool. Um, not like singer's music, but when you think of a ballet, you know, it's very, I mean, yes, of course, there's like a nutcracker or something like fast paced and happy, but it's very like slow, simple piano music. Mm. And there's That's a nice. little bit of jazzy tone to it. Something like a little bit of a Glenn Gould feel. Okay. So music's really great. Um, and every scene is pretty much like you're watching a little like art piece. Hmm. Something like art movie a little bit. And I think lighting does a lot here to create that kind of scene. So it's kind of like a ballet with music. Exactly. The entire done. drama, you feel like you're watching a That's little cool. mini art yeah, so the lighting, music, and the writing also. There are a lot of, like, great lines in the show. Yeah. But those lines are not, like, overpowering. It doesn't super stand out. Like, okay, now I'm going to say this line, the punchline. This is going to be right. great dialogue. It's not like that. It's very, like, kind of subtle. It's just there. Right, it's delivered in a way that's more believable and not right but when you like you kind of it kind of hits you like 10 seconds later Mm. like wow you know and it's because the way the camera angle worked and lighting and everything they don't like focus on like okay now this character is going to say something really important you know it's not like that so right it it i think it's actually more effective that way so what are a few of your favorite like you know passages in the show some of the some of the lines that were memorable for um, you. I mean, there are so many. Um, it sounds like there's probably a lot of inspiration to be yeah, found by yeah, watching this. Exactly. It's like the old man's wisdom passing down to the young dancer. Right. Um, there's a scene that, like, the granddaughter fails to get into this big company. And the grandpa is like, you know, age is nothing. It's just number and that's why I can't say anything I can't to the young kids these days because I feel 
sorry. Like I'm apologetic because we teach them the we as a like older generation. Like we teach these younger generation, you just have to work hard and live your life to the fullest. But that's not how the world works. Right. So it's like our fault. Sort of. We yeah. We have responsibility. We we've been doing this to ourselves. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's very self-reflective. Right. But he's the kind of that that really shows how he is. Right. He's sort of like very thoughtful character. Like, like I said, it's the kind of grandpa you want to have as your own grandpa or neighbor. And then there's a um, you know the Chedok's friend who used to be goalie. Mm-hmm. So he goes to see Chedo because there's a scene like Chedok gets injured a little bit and he's in the hospital. And Chedok's like, I'm done. Like, I'm, you know, <laughs> definitely not done. Definitely done this time for sure, you know. And his friend is like, well, you know, you can get rehab and just try it again next time and you can dance again. And he's like, you know, I the other day Messi came to Korea and I paid so much money to go see Messi. <laughs> And he didn't even score one goal. <laughs> Waste of money. Wow, that's funny. And he's like, but you know what? Messi doesn't always score a goal. Right. Not every game. And he says, see, like, even Messi can't score every game. And what are you? Like, what do you expect? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you think about that. Every, uh, every great musician or, you know, not every song is a hit. You know, not every record is perfect. Like, right. It's a different exercise each time. Right. In creativity. And you don't do it for that. That's not the reason you do it. Right. And there are sort of this repetitive line, dialogues, and message that it's never too late. You can do it. Like, you too can do it. Right. Like, that's sort of like repeating message and also reflected in different characters. Do you believe that? It's never too late? Uh... <laughs> Did you learn from the show? Come on. So yeah, that's sort of like repeating message, but... I think you never know what life is going to throw at you. I think the important thing is that if you were to take on a journey like this, it's very helpful and it's important to have a mentor that can guide you because I think that's also another message here Chero didn't really have parents yeah his mom died and his dad is like in you know in prison and it looks like they were not like close even before then right so he's sort of like by himself which is why he was like working a lot of part time jobs and yeah. you know he's worried about making a living also and but he's a talented dancer and all of that. So having this old man, it's like you're having your own parent or grandpa that you can rely on. Right. That's crazy to think about. I don't think there's a lot of shows that go into that part of it. You know, It's more about like having support, which can be family or friends that are like, yeah, you know, I'm here for you. That's a topic that you hear a lot. But right. The importance of having someone that's going to like guide you through a change, right? Through a time when it's difficult, you know, right. someone that has that experience. It is an important part of life, and you know, when you're lucky enough to 
come across someone who's willing to kind of take their time to show you and develop you into right. what you want to be, I mean, you have to accept how unique that is. And right. It's probably hard for people to accept that as well because we're so stubborn, right? We don't we don't think we need yeah. help, but we do really. I mean, in the beginning of the show, he's he's really annoyed because this man's like following him around. Yeah. And he's like this man like he's just happy to be around dancer being in the studio and anything about ballet right. you know so he's following this kid around and even when he's not practicing and he's just writing down everything his notebook it's like okay Chero just had two eyes americano and then like okay three o'clock <laughs> two two hours later Chero had diarrhea maybe Chero shouldn't have ice americano <laughs> like things like that like literally he's writing down everything right. so Chero later on sees the note and he's like this is a invasion of privacy (laughs) (laughs) but you know to that point like he's really doing his job but at the same time he truly cares about this kid who's going through a tough time right and i think that's another reason that chero starts to kind of like open up to this man because he sees that he really cares and also the fact that this old man is 70 years old he's trying so hard and that's got to be inspiring for this young dancer. Right. Yeah, you know, the idea that here's a here's an old man who's learning how to dance from a younger person. Right. But really, the younger person is learning how to live from right. the older man. Yeah, that's, that's exactly That's a it. common theme with, with, with stories, that, inspiring stories. Right. And that's, that's a, I like that. I like that theme. I think that's really powerful. It can be really powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a movie I really liked that came out years ago. It was called Finding Forrester. Oh, yeah. I watched it. I don't it about really a, remember. It was about a young uh, kind of ghetto kid who was really good at basketball, but he really was reading all the time and writing things down. Mm-hmm. And he comes across this old man who's like a recluse. Turns out this recluse like wrote like a world-famous novel back in the day. And so they each are learning from each other how how to, you know, he, he's trying to show him that you need to live and not be a recluse because life is short. Mm-hmm. And then the old man's trying to teach him how to write and be, you know, a human being and not be so focused on so many things. So really interesting dynamic. Mm. I mean, think about how many times have you ever had like teachers that were inspiring for you? How often does that happen, you know, where you come across right. someone that's actually inspiring? Right, it's, yeah. It's, it's a, you really need to take advantage of it when it does. Right. I'm excited to watch. Yeah, and at the same time, the subtle lesson of this show is that life doesn't always turn out like you want it. Yeah. Because there are some characters that does it. First son character, there's some, like, right. you know, surprise for him. And the daughter character, she did the, you know, typical Korean thing went to school Did went to university to, went to yeah. college uh, went got into a company start working and she start um she started dating the son of the company owner so mm-hmm. the family was mm-hmm. like okay our daughter is gonna get married She's on the right she, track but turned out the son although he's a really nice man he never went to college because he, his dad has money right right so he just became whatever he wants to be a city councilman he never makes it so they just have a little, like, renting ma- apartment management office. Mm. Right. You There's, never know how things are going to turn out. 
You never know. I think, too, with the son you're talking about, you know, the sacrifice that he made. Mm-hmm. And the feeling of that and what that means, you know, for so long. If you live in a family or if you if you lived at the, sorry, I should say, if you grew up in a time where that was the most important thing, was just having a job and making a living so you could start a family and raise your kids. That mentality was important. Well, it, in fact, it, the first son is pretty successful because, yes, he grew up as a son of postman and they weren't they never had anything enough but he became this like a big bank manager and they live in Gangnam they live in really nice apartment there and that's why the you know his daughter had to be a certain way because she's a Gangnam kid right you know but things didn't turn out like he wanted yeah and I think the wife character who's also, you know, veteran actress. She's been in thousands of stuff. That character's really, you know, something because she's very supportive. She learns of the husband's situation, husband's terminal diagnosis. Mm. And just uh, that's also a very good character. You just have to see it. There's a scene that it shows his retirement ceremony from the post office. Oh, yeah. And the wife was like, well, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for everything you've done for the family. Right. And, and he's he says, half of this is you. Right. Half of this is yours. Right. I couldn't have done it without your support. Right. So when he tried to learn ballet, she later on understands why he has to learn and why he wants to do it. And she says, that dream of yours to be a ballerino, half of that dream is me too. That's my dream, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm supporting you. That's great. So, to wrap up this whole dream trilogy, I think this is a good thing to add on to. So there's a director's note on this show and the director's note quoted this poem not the one with Nabilera mm, a different poem <laughs> um, different one and it's just an excerpt it's called Dream by a poet Hwang Donggyu so it's just a short excerpt it is difficult to endure a dream dream that doesn't quite fit on the ID card. The whole life, crumbling and crumbling is the dream like a morning on the pile of sand that keeps crumbling. Sounds like a very moving story. I think uh, after watching it, I'll probably go out and quit my job and follow my dream. <laughs> That's the next step. And we encourage you to do the same. Well, this is also a good test for you. I feel like this movie, sh this drama, should be like some kind of sociopath test <laughs> material. <laughs> Whether or not you're a sociopath? Yeah, if you can watch. Oh, by the way, this there's only uh, 12 episodes in oh, this okay. show. Short, short. I like 12 episode dramas now. Because yeah. I feel like they're more concise, straight to the point. There's no... There's not like, as much fluff, yeah, maybe. With I love, six, I love 12, 12 maybe episodes. Maybe too much, though. yeah. So if you are able to watch entire 12 episodes without shedding a single tear, 
Then you're a sociopath. I think so. You're very <laughs> likely a sociopath. You have no emotion. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's good. This is something you can curl up to every day and look forward to watching and feeling that love, human love, or Korean love. <laughs> is it on Netflix? It Where? is. It is, is it? on Netflix. Yeah. Cool. And guess what? Uh, it's also on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so it has not a like score. you can watch it on it, but yeah, not a lot of Korean dramas are Have a on Rotten Tomatoes. Score. But it's actually on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a hundred percent. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there aren't a lot of critics or you know reviews. Yeah. But people who did review it, they liked it. They gave it a hundred percent. Okay, that's good. And it's unusual because usually a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes stuffs are the ones that I don't like. So. Right. <laughs> usually don't agree with Rod yeah. Maybe you were just in a certain mood when you watched this. Maybe, yeah. It could be the right drama for you to watch right now. That's like the, the podcast. You should change the name, maybe. Not what should I watch, but what am I in the mood to watch right now? <laughs> What's good for me in this moment? So this one very well could be good for you in the moment. Yes. Thank you, T. Thank you. Well, send me an email. I'd like to hear from you. If you liked it or didn't like it, what you think about the characters. Or if you want to know if there's something similar but not quite like this. If you don't want to watch old men doing ballet, which is quite amazing. Like, I mean, these actors, yes, the you know even the young character, he doesn't do three-turn pirouette, but he's doing it. And the old man too. So it's really amazing to watch the acting they put a lot of effort to become these characters so yeah go watch it that's great i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to all the tutus <laughs> and leotards yes there's a funny scene that you know in the beginning he's trying to keep this secret so he has all these like leotard and tights and stuff so he's going into the bathroom at night and lock the door and he's hand washing them <laughs> nice and then he like try to like dry it and hide it like try behind the toilet and stuff right. like he's trying to hide it yeah can't hang that up in the no, room no yeah no. but yeah let me know what you think and please send me an email what should I watch tea at gmail.com I'd like to hear from you and I'll see you in two weeks see you next time Thank you. Bye. Thanks.